It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Interrupt this program to bring you a special bulletin. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. Check for sound. Four. It's showtime. Three. Let's two, go. One. Welcome to the Pro Audio Suite, a podcast for audio and voiceover professionals. Don't forget to check us out on our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Now let's get on with the show. From Los Angeles, George Witham. From Chicago, Robert Marshall. From Sydney, Australia, Robbo. And from sunny Melbourne, Andrew Peters. This is the Pro Audio Suite. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. We have uh, a special guest this week, uh, a person that uh, if you live in the UK and uh, Australia, you would remember, if you're old enough, of course, um, from the TV series called Prisoner, Selbock H. He was the character of Deputy Governor Jim Fletcher. Would you please welcome to the show, uh, Jared Maguire. How are you, Jared? Oh, look, you know, I couldn't be better. I'm, I'm, I'm on top of the world. Excellent. Well, you're actually uh, pl- close to the top of the world. You're living in Arizona these days. Yeah, in uh, in, in the uh, healing center of uh, of America in Sedona, Arizona. Um, you know, with the where the vortexes are, and uh, you know, you can come here for all sorts of things. You can have your aura polished in Sedona. You know, it's always <laughs> nice to have a polished aura. <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a uh, new take on an old. Honey, old where lady. have you been? I've been been out having my aura polished. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call it these days? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Spare room for you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> this is a joke, but one of the things I did when I, I sort of semi-retired, I, I came up here to be with my wife's mother, who was getting on, needed our care, and um, I started doing um, environmental tours with a company called um, Pink Jeep, which takes people up on the rocks, and it's very adventurous, great fun, and I was a tour guide, and uh, I, I, everyone used to ask about all the spiritual thing about Sedona. And uh, I'd make this joke. I was saying, you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking of starting my own business. I said, I, th- I think I'm going to start an aura polishing business. <laughs> and I said it as a joke. And then about, I don't know, a short time later, I go past one of these things and say, come here and have your aura polished. <laughs> Someone's actually doing it. Uh, now, talk about polishing auras. Yeah. As long as you get points on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. There was probably lots of aura polishing back in the 60s when you were at NIDA. Um, oh, yeah. So that was yeah. your start. Who was in your year or your years at NIDA? Well, the, the people, I suppose, that um, in Australia, people would know the people like Gary McDonald, um, 
I, I could run through everyone's names, but to everybody else, you know, in the rest of the world, they may not know too many of them. But, you know, this was before Australian actors started the big, um, you know, uh, trip across the Pacific to, to Hollywood. And uh, quite a few of the NIDA uh, actors started to make a name for themselves. But um, just after me was uh, Mel Gibson. He was, he was not, he was, I think, two years behind me. But, uh, um, you know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of very, very good actors. In fact, of our year, which was only a graduating year of 14 people, uh, probably 10 years later, everybody was working full-time, which was quite remarkable. People had done television series. By that stage, um, straight out of NIDA, I'd, I'd, um, I'd done a musical. I'd played Birdie and Bye Bye Birdie and then went off on a tour of Queensland playing Shakespeare to half the continent in Queensland, which was great, which was the Young Lizzie's tour, and then came straight back to a play that was just revived on Broadway called Boys in the Band. Um, and as a straight guy, it was quite uh, uh, quite confronting to me to have to kiss a guy every night on stage. But anyway, I got over that and, um, you know, had a, had, a, had a wonderful time, ran for a year and a half, and then got a contract with the Melbourne Theatre Company, worked in theatre. Um, I'd done a television series, I'd done three movies. You know, I, 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 I look back on it and just look how lucky that I was, you know, because I came out where there wasn't that much work and, and, and it just it just blossomed. Uh, Crawford Productions in Melbourne were doing all their cop shows and I was always the resident baddie coming in for guest parts and uh, then got a series, um, a wonderful series uh, that was uh, co-produced by the uh, Yorkshire Television called Luke's Kingdom, which was a full... Uh, 35 mil shoot, um, which was great. I mean, it, we had wonderful directors like Peter Weir uh, that were the directors on that and um, worked with some fabulous actors and I, I really had a ball. And, you know, for the for all the time before I left uh, Australia to come to, uh, come to the US, uh, I never stopped work. I never had to have a day job, you know, which was quite a shock to me when I did have to get a job as a, as a uh, tour guide here in Sedona before I started my own home studio again. Um, but uh, I, I was very, very lucky, extremely lucky. Yeah. And amazingly talented, I must add, too, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I always say to my daughter, but she's hell-bent on being an actor, it's like, well... If you want to earn some money, you better do voiceovers because you probably won't well, make anything out of acting. I mean, because as you know, Andrew, I mean, you know, even though I was doing all this, you know, you never made any money. Yeah. I mean, uh, working in theatre, you know, you were working for subsistence wages, really. Um, and even in television, you know, when I was doing Prisoner Cell Block H, we were paid, paid practically nothing. And it was only because, you know, my voiceover career had really gotten off by that stage in Melbourne that um, I was managing to, you know, pay off the house and, you know, have a reasonable middle-class income yep. was because of voiceovers. Yeah. It's funny, I actually read something this morning talking about, uh, it was on a thread in one of the Facebook things. Uh, it was an American one, and they were talking about uh, who, who, you know, do, who, how many people earn over 100000 a year doing voiceovers. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, you saw that one too? Yeah, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. A few people, you know, obviously chimed in. No one was going to actually say, me. Um, yeah. it's, it's a totally different industry now, as you know. You know, that when we were working in Melbourne, you know, we had the same agent, and you'd have your little 
um, you, you'd have your little pager and it would go off and you'd give a call yeah. and they'd say, Armstrong's want you, can you get there in half an hour? And down you'd go. And, yep. um, you know, it, it was a totally different business. You never had to audition for anything in Australia. The, you know, when I came to America in 88 and uh, got with Sutton Bath and Venari, and she was calling me in for auditions. And I said, aren't I getting bookings? She said, no, no, you have to audition for them here. I went, oh, geez, really? I'm a terrible auditioner. <laughs> yep. You know, but, um, you know, if I've got a producer there, someone can tell me what they want. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good. And that's, yep. you know, one of the problems about, you know, running your own studio. You've got to be your own producer as well. And that's, that's tough. That's hard. Well, now, of course, these days you do have your own studio. Um, you've got two, yeah. I think. You've got one in LA and one in, in Arizona. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I've just been setting it up in LA where I've got to talk to George about this because I put in a... Um, I, I managed to pick up a, uh, a whisper room and it's the boomiest box I've ever recorded in. <laughs> <laughs> George. <laughs> George, help. It's a boom box, That's right. right? But I, I, George, I did discover a, a, a makeshift um, a way of, of reducing it. I, I had a, an old piece of carpet that I used in the hallway, and it was about like three feet high. And by the time I rolled it up, it was probably about eighteen inches in diameter. And I stuck it in the corner, and you know, it seems to work. Rolled up carpet. Good. I mean, sometimes <laughs> the simplest practical things can absorb a lot of sound. I mean. Uh, a lot of what you need to do in those boxes is kill the corners and put stuff yeah. in them. So yeah. rolled yeah. up carpet and uh, mattresses and all that sort of thing can do a pretty good job. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's it's sitting in my, my garage. It's an old old garage, an old um, house that was built in 1929. Um, so it's a pretty thick, solidly constructed garage. But, you know, Los Angeles noises, as uh, George well knows, you know, it's the, the helicopters and the sirens and... Just the general noise of Los Angeles is uh, is amazing. Well, here I am sitting in my studio in, uh, in Sedona, and you can't hear a thing, you know. Maybe yeah. if the heater comes on, you might hear that, but, um, you know, the occasional helicopter tour, and that's about it, or with the garbage trucks coming in the morning when I'm recording, that's the only thing I have to worry about. What instigated you building your own studio, you know? Because it's um, what I'm trying to get at is that, um, so, without referring too much to your age, but someone mm-hmm. of your vintage, um, <laughs> yes. I'm ancient. Uh, well, because most people of your vintage would absolutely say, "No, well, I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? You know, I go to a studio to work." It's it's it was a hell of a learning curve, and I've got to thank George for his his, his uh, broadcast. You know, because that that helped me so much. But it came about because I was doing um, these pink jeep tours that I was telling you about, and um, I took this guy out on tour. And we got talking, and uh, he was a really, really sweet guy with his family. And uh, he asked me, you know, what did you do before you're doing this? And I said, well, you know, I was doing a lot of acting work and voiceover work in Australia. And he says, oh, well, you know, I, I run a studio. His name is Cliff Peer, and he runs the Peer Agency in, um, in Southern California. And he said, uh, you've got a nice voice. He said, uh, have you got anything that you can, you can send me? And I said, mm, yeah. <laughs> I went to the CDs. <laughs> yep. Got the cassette out. <laughs> I had some CDs and, and, and I think I still had my, uh, uh, my tapes as well. And so I managed to um, somehow, with my computer, I managed to download them and send them to him. And uh, he immediately got back and booked me to do the, um, do the release of the Hewlett Packard multifunction uh, printers, which was like a huge job. 
And wow. it went all over the world. And the reason he wanted me was because I have this sort of, you know, um, accent, which is not that Australian, it's not that American, but it's somewhere in between. Yeah. And he got me started. And uh, But but then I was using, um, uh, there's a guy in town here who's got a very nice uh, setup, and we used his, his studio. And then Cliff said to me, he said, well, you know, you, you should, you know, um, invest in getting your own. And so with a lot of trial, trial and error, you know, finding the right place, you know, now I'm in the, it's sort of, it's sort of a, a finished basement in our place here. Every other room in the house had a very strange sound because of air conditioning vents. And there are these, these tin vents. So every room you get this sort of tinny reflection that was happening, which was, I couldn't get the sound right until I moved downstairs and then threw up a few moving blankets and... Um, then, with the help of George's broadcasts and uh, a lot of stuff on the internet, uh, I managed to um, to figure it out. But you know, I, I suppose the, the the cautionary tale is here: please get advice from people like George. It'll save you a lot of money. You know, he yeah. may be very expensive at the start, <laughs> but it'll save you a lot of money in the long run. Because I didn't do that. You know, I went out looking for the best microphone and the best, you know, sound devices and everything and made mistake after mistake after mistake until I've got what I've got now, which I think is a pretty good setup. Yeah. And, and George's stacks, of course. That's good. Because the interesting thing is when uh, in Australia, there was no one. You couldn't go. No. You couldn't find anyone to uh, help. In fact, you'd be still lucky to find anyone to help. Well, I don't think that, I don't know how many voiceover artists in Australia are, are using their own home studios. I don't know. Yeah, more and more. I think um, we're still a long way behind the states. I would think in terms of percentages, but um, no. there, there are more and more. There are people who are, who are turning on to their home studios. Uh, but to be honest, to, with varying degrees of success, I think what mm. you said about talking to people like George is one hundred percent necessary if, yeah. if you're planning on heading down that direction. Um, yeah. I mean, George, you must have seen some horror stories that you've had to fix up. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, some folks spend a tremendous amount of money and even more time, um, you know, scouring forums and reading, bouncing their ideas off of their 20 closest voice actor friends and comparing notes and upgrading mic after mic to only find out that the room wasn't treated correctly. And it was really the room that was the problem, not the mm. mic and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, I get it. I, I trust me, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time wanting to go out and hire an expert when I'm wanting to solve a problem. I'm going to immediately go to the web and start searching and yeah. watching videos. That's what I'm going to do. Yep. So I understand that folks are going to, like me, are going to tend to do that. But I've taken my own advice over the years, and I have hired the occasional consultant for like setting up accounting software or learning a certain specific trade. And, and in those cases, it, it really did it was really worth it. So, um, yeah. Well, if anyone ever looks at my website, you, you'll, you'll, you'll realize how, what a mistake it is to do it yourself. Actually, it came up on VOBS TV. <laughs> and uh, who, who was your guest on that one, George? That was the, uh, the voice, the, the website guy, Joe. Oh, Joe Davis. He does Joe voice Davis. acting websites, right? And he looked at my website and he said, I can't even read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It had, it had more than one shade of a certain like blue, and the contrast well, tried, was poor. And, but that's yeah. right. I, I had to try to put this sort of you know the Australian colours of the blue and greens on it, and it just didn't work. You know, so don't do it yourself. Get Joe to to do it for you or somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
It's also quite different in America because people are more willing to uh, help. Um, people are more accepting of home studios, but not mm-hmm. so much here. Well, so, we found that out when I when I contacted my old agent and I said, you know, would you like to represent me? I've got a good home studio, and she just said, no, you know, I, you've got to be here. So, oh, uh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, and you, that's Daddy. the attitude that holds us back from moving mm. forward the way the states is. That's the absolute yeah. attitude. No one turns around and goes, hey, digital nomad is actually the way of the future. It's the way, it's yeah. like it or not, it's the way business in general is going. And, you know, I, I just think we're, we're, as a country here in Australia, we're in big trouble with attitudes like that. I, I, don't, I don't know whether any of the agents there are, um, are open to this. I, you know, I'm going to be in Australia on the 24th and I'm, you know, I'm meeting up with Andrew and, and, and I want to start talking to people there and just see, you know, how open they are to it because with Source Connect now, you know, you should be able to record directly to the studio with, with, with few or no problems at all. Do you know what? Yeah. I, I, I use a fair few people with home studios and I, mm. I find that I'm not even linking up with them now. I find I'm sending them a script and a brief and mm-hmm. the rate that I negotiate basically says, okay, you'll do the first session and I'll send you a brief. If I need any pickups, that's included. If I need more pickups yeah. after that first lot, then you can charge me. And yeah. nine times out of ten, if you pick the people that you know can do the job anyway, you don't have to go back to them. Right, because that's basically how I work, you know. Mm. I've got a lot of, um, you know, uh, established clients and they just send me the scripts and I'll give them a, uh, you know, a test read if they like that or if they've got a few comments they'd like to make, you know, they want to make it more conversational or more American or more Australian or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, he sends me back the notes, I re-record, send it off and if he's happy with it or if she's happy with it, then, you know, job's done. Yeah, absolutely. Talking accents, changing the subject, but talking accents. When you went to the States, uh, were you working as a neutral Australian or American or all of the above? All of the above, really. Um, When I managed to get um, uh, Rita Venari to represent me in L.A., um, you know, she thought I could do well. I did British, you know, because I because I was I was trained at NIDA, dear, and NIDA at that stage when I went through NIDA, we were trained for the British stage. We were expe- yeah. because it wasn't any Australian stage. We were expected to hop on the plane or even the boat back then. We yep. had to uh, and, and and go to the West End and work there. And a few of my contemporaries did that. You know, David Downer did that. Paul Bertram went there. Um, I, I didn't get there till much later with an Australian play, interestingly enough, for the West End. And I had to get my accent back. You know, I was a working class kid from the, from the, from, from the housing commission, as we call the state yep. housing, you know, and, and NIDA had, had completely destroyed me, you know. It, I, I didn't know who I was with my voice, really. Yeah. So, you know, and, and then you had to find your Australianness again. And that was hard. It was hard. You had to get back to, you know, who you were. Um, you know, which is, I suppose, the trick in doing voiceovers is, you know, you've got to be authentic. Well, the trick, well, I, I've got the opposite because I came here when I was 16. Um, my yeah. accent saw like that, you know what I mean? I come from London, mate, you know what I mean? So that was how I spoke when I got here. And uh, and when I decided, I, you know, wanted to work in radio, it was like, well, you're not going to work with that accent. So, and it wasn't... But when you hear it all the later. time, it's easier to slip into the vernacular, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you can do that. And uh, it's like, you know, I, I did some um, poetry readings for my niece. She's an international flutist, and she wanted to have some poems on the back of her CD that were uh, written by the same composer that she was recording. And... Um, 
you know, I got the feedback saying, oh, you're sounding too American. And I went, really? But, you know, you don't realise you've dropped into it. You know, you're starting to pronounce your R's again. You know, you're starting to sound a little bit like that. And it becomes, you know, and, and it's, it's hard, to, hard to sort of draw the, the line between um, what you could consider to be a neutral accent. And, and, and I think it's all really about being articulate, you know, making sure that the words are properly pronounced in whatever accent that you, that you that that you use whether it be yours or whether you're doing english or a little bit american whatever and I, and I think america now is much more tolerant to that i mean if you look at a lot of the ads that are on you hear a lot of british accents you hear you know the people you know even australian accents that are popping in now for major commercials so i think that changed but getting back to your question andrew yeah i mean when i was doing the auditions at uh, sutton bath and Venari, um I was using an American accent, so it was a lot better back then. I, I, I don't like to use it at all now because I'm too self-conscious about it. I, I don't like to sound inauthentic. Yeah, it's a tricky one, the, the old accent, mm. I must admit. Yeah. Um, but talking about listening... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How do you feel about listening to yourself? I think I'm good with it. Um, I'm basically listening for any technical glitches um, because, you know, sometimes there'll be a, you know, a, 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 a click in yeah. your voice or there, a little squeak in your voice or something like that. But um, I'll always go back to the, to, to the text and I'll look at the text and, and, and I'll really analyse it and thinking, well, what are they after here? You know, what, what, what does it mean? You know, what is the active verb? You know, all of those things that you learn in acting, you know, how, how, to, how, how to make sense of what's being said, what is being said. And then if I listen back to it and if I think, okay, that's, I'm getting that across or I'm not making sense of that or it, it, it doesn't sound authentic, um, I'm pretty good at being self-critical. In when I was doing, you know, the stuff, the, the visual stuff, uh, I'd, I'd never watch myself um, uh, on film or TV. I, I found that that would influence me if I went back the next day to do some more work. I'd be thinking about how I looked and what I didn't like about what I saw, um, you know. And I, I think, for me anyway, it was better if I never watched it. And I know many, many top actors that that, that never watch their own work until many, many years later. I can understand that. They don't want it to influence how they perform. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you also, good at it, Andrew? Do you, are you good at listening to your own stuff and, and being critical? No, I, no, I don't. I'm I'm too critical. That's the unfortunate thing. So I try and, not to, and, and, but I have to because and I have to the, edit. This is a segue. What which I wanted to bring up is just how good. It was when we had someone on the other side of the glass. Oh, God, How fantastic yeah. that was, you know? You know, I'm thinking about some of the great texts that I worked with over the years and, and, and the rapport that you have, and some of it's very, very subtle because you've got someone in, in the, that's, that's in there with the person who's actually doing the physical recording, you know, whether that be all those people that we know, Andrew. Um, but they've got the client and the advertising agent, they're all sitting there behind them, and... Um, Quite a few of the, the the techs used to do the ones that were really good, is that what they would know when to turn on the feedback so I could hear what they were talking about, and then 
they'd switch it on and someone would give you direction, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, these the, the couple of the techs I worked with used to turn it on so I could hear what the conversation was so that I would have a better idea about what they wanted rather than <laughs> the bit of um, uh, direction that you might get from that particular client. But you knew when it was going horribly wrong. Yeah, sometimes they don't give you the right direction, but if you've heard the conversation, mm. you can say, okay, I got it. You know, I know what it is. I'm that engineer. You're I, that engineer? I, yeah, <laughs> I, I do that. I turn it on. I, I mean, firstly, firstly, for me, it's a step before that. I mean, I just think it's rude. Um, you know, yeah. I was brought up, don't talk about someone behind their back. So, yeah, know, right. That's uh, Voice artists are notoriously thick-skinned. If, if someone at the back of the room is going, I think that sucks, there's not too many yeah. voice artists that, uh, voiceover artists that I know who are going to throw a dummy spit or have their, you know, nah. ego dented too badly. Um, and, and you yeah. also need to know that, let's be honest. Um, yeah. I, I don't see the point in keeping the talk back turned off. I never have. And there was also, you know, there, was, there were ways of um, working with people, you know, who really helped with your performance too. And in, in fairly subtle ways, like, you know, the guy would say, you know, can you move a little bit closer to the mic? Can you move a little back a bit? You know, can you just drop the volume down a little bit? You know, all of these things that were being done by somebody else that now with your own stuff, you have to try and figure that out for yourself. Mm. Mm, we yeah. need help, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm 100 with you on that one because and, and it, it is difficult because you do, I and mean, you also get into um, strange habits. Yeah, the interesting conversation following on from that that we've had on this show a few times though is I also wonder. It, it seems to me more and more too that even clients and even some agency people these days can't hear in their head what they want. They actually have to hear you do it. Do you, want, do you know what I mean? Like, even they don't really know what they want. They're just fishing around until you stumble across something that they go, ah, that's it. That's why I think they use the pay-to-play sites because they'll have, like, 300 people will audition for it and they'll just go, no, 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 no. Oh, this one might be interesting. Bang, and there it is. And, and you know, so the people that are using pay-to-play sites, which, you know, we all hate, um, but in, if you're working in a remote location, often that's the, until you build up a clientele, that's often the only way that you can sort of get back into the business. That's what I had to do after I... I had that wonderful introduction from Cliff Peer and Cliff kept sending me work. But eventually I, I built up other clients as well. But otherwise it was coming through uh, pay to play. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's just a crapshoot, you know, from one to the other. So it's, it's not very satisfactory, but it's, you know, it's the way of the world now. You know, it, uh, it feels like you, you, you're King Canute in a way. You, you, you know, you're standing there trying to hold back the tide. And I know amongst the voiceover industry, people are saying, oh, no, you can't use pay-to-play sites. They're, they're the, the devils and all the rest of it. But, you know, it's the way it's going and it's the way it's going to continue to go. It's like trying to stop Airbnb or trying to stop, you know, uh, Uber. Uber because, you know, you, you, you feel sorry for the, uh, for the taxi drivers. You know, mm. it's not going to happen. Mm, yes, yeah. it's, it's changing. They're going out there, and they've 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 changed the industry forever. Well, talk about change. You, when you first started doing voiceovers, I'm sure doing a radio plays was um, yeah. straight to disc. <laughs> I told you that, didn't I? Yes, you yeah, did. <laughs> ABC Radio, unbelievable, and they kept that technology going from straight to way. I mean, they cut it straight to disc. It was amazing. But I worked with uh, you know that was one of the first jobs straight out of drama school. I was going in there. You go into this big studio, and you and you learn to do things like. 
You're doing an approach. Okay, I'm coming in. Knock, 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 knock. Here I come. Oh, now I'm on mic. <laughs> you do approaches yeah. and fade outs. You fade away when you're doing that sort of thing. So this was all stuff that you did physically, you know, in the studio itself. And uh, and that was fun. That was great. And I met some, some fabulous people that have stayed friends for probably the whole of my life. Yeah. I don't know whether, uh, Robert, you, you ever worked with Alistair Duncan, for example. Oh, absolutely. Yes, many yeah, times. A legend, man. Yeah, a totally. Legend. Totally. Fabulous. Another guy Great we talked guy. about on this show a lot too, um, Matt Ponsonby. Um, yeah, I never worked with him. Yeah. Just incredible. Well, I mean, blind as well as an as a legend behind the microphone. You know, yeah. he was incredible. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, and Kev Goldsby. Yeah, of course. He's still around. Yeah. Still doing the rounds. Yeah. Jim Pike. Yeah. And uh, did you ever work with Nick Tate? Oh, he, of course. He, he made it big over here. Many he times. made it huge over yeah. here. I did. Did yeah. you? Yeah, I got to work with Nick once here in the, in yeah, the US. Did. I set up uh, just a portable kit for him. He lives down in the Palisades. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I play golf with him regularly. He's a good mate. Mm -hmm. I did um, uh, David Williamson play with him. I did Don's party with him. And um, we were both, this is how he got started over here. We were both at a party in uh, Hollywood. And uh, there was a guy there, Vince, who was a, a um, guy that did trailers, cut trailers. And um, he'd also worked at uh, Channel 10, uh, where I did Prisoner in Melbourne. And so he knew both Nick and myself as voiceover people, and uh, we were at this party, and he said, uh, hey, look, would either of you be prepared to come down and uh, voice some uh, some tracks for me? He said, I, you know, I'm, I'm submitting a lot of uh, trailers to the studios, but I think it's because I'm voicing them myself. They don't sound as good as they could. Now, if you could come down to the studio, I can't pay you, but, you know, it might lead on to something. I couldn't go. Nick did. And Nick is a very good um, mimic. And he he basically did Don, La, Don LaFontaine. Mm -hmm. oh, really? he, did a, 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 he did a trailer called Shattered. And he did yeah. that trailer for for Universal. It was presented to them. They went with the trailer and they said, hey, how did you get Don LaFontaine to do your track? And uh, the producer said, it's a guy called Nick Tate. They said, book him. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> nice. George, you know, you, know, you know him really well. You, you know what Don LaFontaine was charging back then. Uh, it was probably pretty handsome sum, I would imagine. And what you had to do at that stage, before he had his home studio, you know, you had to book his limo to bring him to the studio and he'd give you two takes or three if you were lucky and he'd walk out the door. Wow. So, so Nick, eventually <laughs> Nick eventually became like one of the top uh, trailer guys in, in Hollywood, made, yeah. a, made a mint. He did well, yeah, didn't he? Did. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hey, you mentioned Prisoner. I've got to ask you this because my fondest memory yeah. of Prisoner was always having a chuckle every time they closed the cell doors because they'd, <laughs> they'd always wobble. <laughs> I, I, were, they, were they like, um, were they like, you know, um, toilet paper rolls or something like that? What were they made out of? <laughs> no, they were made. They were, they were made. <laughs> like, no, they were dowling. <laughs> they were broomstick right. candles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Painted grey. Yeah, but no, the, the, the whole thing was a joke. I mean, I, I went on there after doing a lot of prestige work, working with the Melbourne Theatre Company and everything else. And um, the, the reason I sort of wanted to get onto TV and, and sort of become sort of famous was because I'd been onto my bank manager and I was doing okay, you know, voiceovers and theatre work, I was doing fine. And, you know, I was wanting to get an extension on a mortgage. And he said, look, you tell me you're an actor, but I've never seen you. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and and so um, Annie Lucas was married to the producer at the time. Annie was a, an actor that I'd worked with. And um, uh, so I went along to see Ian Bradley, who was the producer of the show. And I said, look, Ian, have you got a, got a part for me on this thing? 
And he said, oh, we're going to bring in a male uh, guard, warden. Would you be interested in doing it? And I said, yeah, yeah, okay. I never thought it would do anything. It was two hours a week, man. We were working for like 42 weeks a year or more, churning this stuff out. It got to the stage where, you know, I'd, I'd get a script, I'd look at it, and I'd know what, the, what I was going to say. It became sort of, sort of predictable, but, you know, we, we, got, we became so comfortable with our characters that we knew what we had to do. Here it is 40 years later. And it's still being played on the internet. We've got a fan base all over the world. I'm going to Melbourne on the 24th, you know, have all these people that are coming in for the 40th anniversary of the show, flying in from all over the world, you know, just to see us. And it's extraordinary. And that was the one bit of work I thought, you know... I can't believe I'm doing this. will never go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, that's they're usually the ones that sneak up on you, though, aren't they? It's extraordinary. I mean, I, I wish I was smarter. I would have stayed in it longer, you know, but, you know, yeah. I was thinking, oh, God, I've got to get out of this. It's too, yeah. too It's too just, it's, I mean, you know, I'm sure our friends in the States are scratching their head going, what are they talking about? But it's classic. No, they know it over here. Oh, do they? Well, yeah, there you they go. know it over here. Oh, yeah, we've got a fan base here as well. Uh, not, yeah, right. not, not our listeners probably, but we do have them, yeah. Hey, I didn't know that. There you go. I've learned something today. But some, yeah. yeah, yeah 40, just... f- we were on 42 transmission areas in the United States. In the really? Pit. Well, there you yeah. go. I knew you were it, huge it in the UK. Original. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, you and neighbours are, you know, up yeah. there as... You Australian know. soaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Huge. And it still stands up, yeah. let's be honest. You know, it, it still does, stands and up. it's got such a... And people love it, you know. They, it's, it's, you know, because now you've got, uh, what is Orange is the New Black and you've got Wentworth, yeah. you know, but, but this, this sort of predated yeah. all of that by many, many decades. And back in the days before you had the luxury of just a 13-week run, week run each year where you had mm-hmm. a whole bunch of time to produce it, you know? How many episodes were you doing in a year? You would have been doing a huge amount, I would have thought. Well, two hours a week yeah. for... I mean, I think I th- over Christmas, I think we had like maybe six six weeks off yeah. and then we were back in the grind. That's a massive so schedule. So I, I did... So over a period of about two and a half years, I think I did maybe 240, 250 episodes. Wow. See, there you go. You would never yeah, do that amazing. these days with like 13, 15-week runs. No, you can't. You're no. right. See, the, the first series I did out of drama school was was, was uh, all film, and that was we had a ten day turnaround for one hour, and that yeah. was that was a luxury. That yeah. was a luxury, man. That was great. Yeah, ten days. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might actually four, get some four, audio posts done minutes, in that yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing. No one does audio posts these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, we certainly didn't do on Prisoner. There was never any pickups that we did for audio, ever. Well, to finish this off, I've got to ask one question, which is a bit of a curly one. But um, right. for anyone getting into the business, mm. what's your one piece of advice you would give them? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that. <sighs> Gee, um, we've talked about this a little bit, Andrew, and, and, and I've certainly spoken to Dan Leonard about this, about all the people that are now getting to be coaches. What are they coaching? What are they telling people? You know, are they taking advantage of people? Are they giving them false expectations? Let them know that it's going to take time. You know, it, 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 to get an agent, to be able to, sure, you can get online, you can go to Fiverr, you can go to, you know, any of the pay-to-play sites, and you can put your voice on there, and you might be lucky enough to get started. But if you want to have a career, you've got to make sure that you've got, you know, a, a studio that sounds good enough for you to be able to be used for gigs that will actually pay you decent money. And to do that, you're going to need help. And that's where you need to talk to George or Dan or other people that can give you the technical advice, um, maybe set you up. 
Um, and don't waste your money. You know, don't waste your money on buying massively expensive gear like I did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> start small. <laughs> start small. Start with something. And, and there's so much good stuff up there. I mean, the, the Rode NT1, what's that, 240 bucks or something? Yep. You know, a, a good interface, 100 bucks. You know, a, 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 a decent Apple computer that you can probably pick up, you know. I know, I know George is a big big fan of going on to refurbished. You can get good computers for, you know, you can set yourself up for around about 1200 bucks, and, and if you've got a good space and it sounds good, you know, you've, you've got a recording studio. Yeah. And uh, if it sounds good, it is good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what, what are you using in your studio now, Gerard? I know because we've worked together. But um, yeah, I've which... changed it actually a bit since since I did it. But have you? I've, I've got a little funny story here. Someone gave me a um, pre seventy three, a GAP pre seventy three preamp. Oh yeah, golden audio. Yeah. golden audio GAP. Yeah, golden age audio. Golden age, correct. Yeah, and it's like a um, what do they call it? What's yeah, ten seventy three. Yeah, ten seventy three. Yeah, ten seventy three. Very very nice preamp. Um, I'd, I'd had it for about two years, and I'd plugged it in. I tried to use it and everything, and um, you know, I, I thought the 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 output was just didn't quite sound right. And today, <laughs> I actually learned how to use it because um, I go into my Duet uh, two. And Duet 2 has a way that you can bypass their own pre's. But the trick is, you've got to know what, whether the, the, what's coming out of your pre is balanced or unbalanced. And I was using the wrong one. <laughs> uh. And so I was fiddling around with my dials and it never quite sounded right. But today I went, hey, I wonder whether it's, it's unbalanced. And I think it's unbalanced. And then I turned it to the right settings because on this one, they've got like line in or line mic. And I had it on line in. When I was using, when I should have been lose, using line mic, and once I did, you know, you you, you adjust your software on uh, on Apogee on Maestro, and I do it with plus four rather than on mic or minus ten. And once I did that, well, you're hearing it now. <laughs> I got it to work. That, that old trick. Yeah, I finally learned how to use it. <laughs> it's funny how <laughs> that, that happens. Took me two years. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, I, I, and, uh, and I go into Twisted Wave. You know, Twisted Wave's been been fabulous for me. It's really good. I bought myself a new vocoder for Christmas, and um, here we are. What now? The middle of January, and I'm still trying to figure out how to use it properly. <laughs> so you know, we're yeah. all on the same boat. Yeah, that was very very interesting. Oh, and, um, yeah, it was great. Hmm. And it's it was interesting with you know your background and the fact that you're sitting in a home studio. Um, still doing voiceovers, still part of the industry. In fact, the new industry. Eventually, there comes a time when you think, you know, maybe the voice is sounding old and tired or anything like that. But, you know, I, I, if anyone's seen that Tom Jones bit that's on, on YouTube, it's yeah, going, yeah. going around on Facebook. Mm. Yep. How old is Tom Jones, man? Yeah. I was trying to work that out. I reckon he must be close to 80. Could be past Listen that. Listen to that voice. Yeah. yeah. And he was singing voice. Sitting Down. But that's but, Sitting Down. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. I mean, look at, you know, you could name any number of people. Look at John Farnham. You know, there's another one. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's a whole yeah. bunch. Tony of Bennett, you know, Tony Bennett. Yeah. How, how, how does Tony, Tony Bennett on that award show that he did? You know, was the the presidential award thing. You listen to that voice and it, you think that guy is what ninety? Yeah, voices of experience. That's what it is. Voices yeah, but it's of experience. Well, they know how to use it. Yeah, yeah. that's but, right. So your voice doesn't sound old. No, thank you. I I no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. It sounds like well. If I was casting you for a radio spot, I'd comfortably mm -hmm. cast you for a, you know, late 40s, early 50s sort of person. So, you know, I hope I'm not... See, that's the other thing. I, n I never know. Yeah. I never know. 
Yeah. No, I just I'd think cast I you as that. Old, old, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh. I'd cast you well, as that. That's good to know, Robert. Easy. Thank yeah. you. He'd probably cast me as a 90-year-old. Be, Be in touch. I wouldn't cast you at all. <laughs> <laughs> Come to think of it, you haven't. <laughs> no, that's right. Hmm, <laughs> I wonder. So, Robert, do, do you work independently now? Do you work independently Yeah, now? I've got you a home studio okay. I work out of yeah. uh, with a Pro Tools yeah. rig and I do everything mm. from podcast to television. So, yeah, you yeah. name it. It's all in there somewhere. Cool. Yeah, love it. Beautiful. Well, on that note, I think we should uh, head on out of here. We out. Thanks, Jared. That was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.